1: God bless you all. So good to be here. Good to be back once again. I learned last time I was here to do a couple things. One, don't look up because you'll be blinded by the lights. Two, don't look back because you see your bald spot on the big screen. And then uh, three, don't tell you my last point because you all pack up and get ready to go. So I have a 20-point message today, (laughs) and I'm going to end on point number three. Uh, It's good to be here, and uh, I couldn't help but to tear up listening to that song. It goes along with the message. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter number one. And uh, I'd like to bring to you a message this morning about only Jesus. And uh, sorry, hearing you sing, bless my heart. And if all of you truly know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then the things that we're going to talk about today should just stir you and help you to understand the preciousness of your position in Christ. See, the book of Ephesians, many of you are probably familiar with this. You have some amazing teachers and pastors here and uh, chapel speakers, and uh, I'm humbled to be here. But uh, we realize that Ephesians, the whole book, uh, Paul does this a lot in his writings. He gives you your position, and he tells you how to practice. In Ephesians 1 through 3, we learn of our position in Christ. In the chapters 4 through 6, we see how we are to practice that. And actually, the word in love is used. So chapters 1 to 3, in Christ, and chapters 4 through 6 really emphasize in love. Love is an action we practice towards uh, toward our Christianity, towards others. And so today, I'd like to emphasize the, what it means to be in Christ and the things that are acquainted with Christ that can only be found in Christ or in Jesus. December 26, 19... 19- 76 my father Vietnam vet alcoholic dropped to his knees the day after Christmas and he begged God to save his soul being born and raised Roman Catholic all boys Catholic school 17 years old, went into the military, sent over to Vietnam. Had to go back twice. Came home because of this family situation and then a divorce. I craved the acceptance of my father. And I know many of you here have probably gone through a similar thing. And if you haven't, even if you had an intact home, you understand what it means to feel like you're not connected with the people that should love you most. And watching my father change, there was no doubt that only Jesus could do something like that. I came to Christ at 11 years old and did not live with my father lived with my mother. And from 11 to 14, did what any other kid would do. Growing up, not really. Went to Catholic school, Catholic church, but just knew about God, didn't really have a relationship with him. I desired that. As I desired a relationship with my own father. And so I knew that I trusted Christ, but I wasn't grounded in the faith by any means. At 14... The police brought me home. My dad said, why don't you come live with me? That's what I wanted. I wanted to be with my dad. I wanted his acceptance. He sent me to a Baptist Christian school where some of you can relate to this. I wanted to be a Christian, a good Christian, but I didn't want to be that good of a Christian. Just being honest. First two years, I was rebellious. I was 16 years old and God really got a hold of my heart. Shortly after that, God called me to be a a pastor. And from there on out, it was a struggle to undo from my salvation until I finally got my heart right with God to what I was supposed to do and undo a lot of that baggage. And God in His grace showed Himself true to me. And what I want you to have as one of the takeaways here that only Jesus can do certain things. And we're talking about the spiritual realm of who you are in Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you question your salvation. I questioned mine for years. Maybe you here this morning and you're truly not saved. You've gone through the motions like so many people that even in my church just go through the motions. Well, this is just what we do. We're Christians. And some of you here genuinely understand what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I've been hearing of prayer meetings regarding revival. What a blessing to hear Student body. Do you know that all the major revivals started with people your age? Pretty impressive. That God delighted to spark the interest in youth. In Massachusetts, there's something known as the Haystack Prayer Meetings that spawned one of the greatest revivals for missions. One of the misunderstandings about revival is that it's just an experience, an emotional experience that just explodes and has long-lasting offense so that's partially true but my prayer for you is that you do not view revival as purely an emotional experience but as a spiritual awakening which leads to energizing and direction for your spiritual senses it's so important that you understand what you have in Christ And if you would, look with me at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Forgive me for being so emotional as I begin, but you did that to me, so I'm blaming you. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Catch verse number three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Father, we ask now in this time that we come to you, we ask that you would please speak to our hearts. May you help me to abbreviate the content that is here so that it would be effective and important with the the busyness of these students, knowing that some are studying hard and just knowing that they have to get out of here and go back to class or go study, would you just arrest our attention just for a few moments so that the takeaway today would be a positive one in understanding what we have available to us in Christ. If we truly have trusted Christ, if we truly have been born again, if we truly have been regenerated, that you would please speak to the hearts of every student here and every staff and faculty member that we would be revived in our spirit and awaken to new senses or senses we know that we have but just have not experienced in a while. Because this is true of all Christians, we'll go through these spiritual awakenings over and over again in our lifetime as a believer. Would you please speak to us now, as only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what does it mean to be in Christ and to be in Christ in a sense in a very abbreviated way of explaining this, those who have seen their need for a savior and have received Jesus and have put on a new identity which is in Christ Jesus. We consider the fact that you now wear the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He does not look down and see John's righteousness because John's righteousness quite frankly is disgusting. When God looks down he sees Christ's righteousness written on my account. And so in that understanding, I am in Christ because Christ is the one who covers me. Christ is the one who's atoned for me permanently. Christ is the one that uh, every day I have the privilege of going to him and him interceding on our behalf. What is Christ is now available to every single believer. Look at verse number three once again. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He does something here for us. He helps us understand that you and I have been blessed in Christ Jesus with all spiritual blessings. Everything that is considered uh, uh, Christ or in Jesus, you and I have access to, and it's allowing us to bring a little bit of heaven to this earth. And as you walk and as you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you actually are modeling God to others. And for yourself, every blessing that was found in Christ is available to you. Galatians 3.26 says, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who are sometimes were far off or made nigh by the blood of Christ. Let me give you a statement that I've given to our church many times, and that is confidence in one's position in Christ will lead to one's commitment to practice in love. Confidence in one's position in Christ will lead to one's practice in love. Have you ever met someone who is so unique that they set themselves apart from all others? It's just that person is like, okay, they're just a cut above, there's just nobody that matches up to them. And just for sake of a few illustrations, not that this is a person, but some of you may have heard of the horse called Secretariat. Secretariat won the Triple Crown, and the largest margin of victory was 31 lengths. Uh, that's, how, that's how many lengths ahead of other horses Secretariat was able to win, The interesting fact of that is that the closest to Secretariat was Count Fleet with 25 lengths. You know what the privilege they have for horses who win the Triple Crown? To this level, this magnitude, they don't just bury the legs and the head, they bury the whole body. I don't know if that means anything to you, but that's kind of interesting. that The whole body is buried in tribute to this horse that was so above the others as a, a monument to their successes. I know last night we had a big game on which I could not watch because I was on a plane. I could not get reception on the airplane, and I was bummed because I wanted to watch the game. When I got off the plane, finally got internet connection, I realized that the Kansas City Chiefs won the game. Wow, not even, I figured somebody here has got to be a Chiefs fan. I'm not. I'm a New England Patriots fan, you know how that went for us this year, but to just brag on someone for a minute, Tom Brady. The wittiness Super Bowl champion and quarterback of all times. Uh, we call him affectionately the GOAT, greatest of all times. Now I wasn't trying to figure out how that applies to Secretariat being a horse, if she would be offended by that, or I'm not sure how that all works. But we understand that greatest of all time. Michael Phelps won the most gold medals in swimming ever. And then Bill Gates, the creator of Microsoft, just certain individuals that are just above the rest. The idea that only one person has the ability or talent or means to do something makes that person stand out from all others. We would call that person exceptional, gifted, or blessed. The only problem is they're only an expert or incredibly gifted at one thing. But we would say with the fact that Jesus... He is exclusively exceptional, gloriously gifted, and bountifully blessed. He is set apart from all others because he is God who became man, never losing his godness. That's my word. The grammar department can correct me later. Jesus became man, never lost his deity, set aside his glory for a time to fulfill the plan of God before the foundation of the world to come to offer himself a sacrifice for us. Ten times in the book of Ephesians we find the phrase, in Christ, and over thirty times we see a reference to Christ, in Him or in whom, but a reference to Christ. Ephesians one our position as believers in Christ. Ephesians 1.3, our blessings in Christ. Ephesians 1.10, His eternal purpose to gather together all things in Christ. Ephesians 1.12, believers should bring glory in Christ, or sanctification is the idea there. Ephesians 1.20, the miraculous gift of salvation found only in Christ. Ephesians 2.6, our reservation in heaven in Christ. Ephesians 2.10, we are created in Christ unto good works. Ephesians 2.13, our reconciliation accomplished in Christ. Ephesians 3.6, Gentiles are partakers of the promised in Christ. Ephesians 3.11, the mystery revealed as the eternal purpose in Christ. Once you are confident in your position in Christ, you will be more committed to your practice in love. The first thing I'd like to share with you here, main point, is Jesus is sufficiently and holy God. From the garden all the way forward until the revelation of Jesus Christ as God and Savior, we see the unfolding Understanding of who Jesus Christ is even in Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 3 it says that Jesus is the express image of God have you ever had a personal interaction with Jesus Christ meaning have you ever come to a point where you understood who Jesus actually is that he was God in the flesh that came to this earth to die for you I'm assuming and I could be wrong but many of you probably grew up in Christian homes I did not We had five boys, grew up in a Christian home, grew up in a pastor's home. I had conversations with my boys from time to time. Please do not mistake this. Mom and dad's faith is a personal decision. Even though you're growing up in our home, you need to come to this position yourself to understand who is Jesus Christ? What does he mean to you? And make that decision yourself to receive Jesus Christ. remember one time, Justin, who attended seminary here, he's uh, working in our church as our intern, doing a fantastic job. He and his wife, Sam, and little Mason and Charlie, and another one on the way. And uh, if you pray for Mason, he's in the hospital right now, but seems like he's on the mend. But Justin came to me one time, he said, Dad, he goes, I don't have a testimony of being, even like you, coming out of a, a bad background, coming out. I said, son, please don't mistake this. Your sin nature is what Christ came to die for. Whether you have one sin or you have a thousand sins, whether you have the sin of just telling a lie or you have the sin of murder, Jesus Christ said that if we, uh, the Bible says that if we offend in one point, we're guilty of all. You may say, yeah, but I don't have a cool testimony. You don't need a cool testimony. To me, the coolest testimony is that you don't have to have all that baggage, but only Jesus can convince the kid growing up in a pastor's home, the kid growing up in a Christian home, with Christian school, and Christian college, that he is who he claimed to be. Sometimes it might even be harder for a kid growing up in a good environment to recognize that, that they really deserve salvation. Make no mistake about it. People who claim to be Christians have done the most heinous and wicked things. Sin is sin in the eyes of God. He loves you. He loves the fact that he he loved you so much that he came to this earth to die for you. So, Jesus is the express image of God. We're, we're at this point, Jesus is sufficiently and holy God. John 1 1, Jesus is the Logos, the Word, if you would, the divine principle. This was known in that, that time when this was written. It was a common way of expressing uh, a, a principle that Jesus is the Word of God, that He is God. John 1:14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as a of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 14, Philip was questioning Jesus. Can we see the Father? And Jesus, in, in, a, in a very uh, uh, pointed way, says, He that sees me has seen the Father. Do you believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? Over and over again, Jesus was trying to relay the fact that who you see and who I am, I am the express image of God Himself. You say, well, why do you keep harping on this? Because when you understand your position in Christ, you will have confidence and you will be understanding that your acceptance is in God himself and you'll be much more committed to serving and loving him. Vance Habner said, our efficiency without God's sufficiency is only a deficiency. Only Jesus Second point, only Jesus can mediate for your soul. 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Consider the deadness of your spiritual reality prior to salvation. In Ephesians chapter 2 very clearly tells us that you are dead in trespasses and sin. How dead is dead? You are spiritually Dead. What is true about a lifeless body is that they have no emotions, they have no feelings, they have no senses. And it is when Christ speaks to you, when the Spirit of God speaks to you, that He illuminates our hearts and minds, and by faith you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but it is only Christ that mediates for you. Only Jesus can do that for you. Who is Jesus to the believer? Look at 1, Thessalonians, or 1 Corinthians 1.30, if you would, or listen. But of Him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The two little words there, of God, has the idea of what is from God and by Him, and emanating from God. When you consider that, but of Him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us. The blessings of being in Christ that only Jesus can do for you. He provides for you and for me what is made reference there. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. All these wonderful truths packaged in only Jesus. And only Jesus can do these things on your behalf and on my behalf. He can give you the wisdom you need for making decisions about where do you go from here after college. He can give you the wisdom for your decisions on relationships, for job opportunities, for ministry opportunities. Righteousness, that in Jesus alone you are declared righteous, but then you live a life to try to honor Him righteous. That's the next word, sanctification. This progression now, and as a, as a spiritual person, we are trying to continue to live for Christ and demonstrate Christ's likeness so we're a light to the world and to those around us by knowing our position in Christ motivates us then to demonstrate who Christ is to others. But only Jesus can do that. And then redemption, understanding what it means to be bought, to be sacrificed for, to be paid for. Fall in love with Jesus again. Fall in love with who He is and what He is and only what He can do for you. Only Jesus can provide spiritual blessings. Blessings are bestowed bestowed on us to bring security, joy, and peace and knowing who you are in Christ. Verses 3 through 14 of Ephesians chapter 1, Paul has one of the longest run-on sentences there in the Greek, and you understand that he is just going to town on what are the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. I'll say more about that tomorrow, but how can you, in your position in Christ, bring a little bit of heaven to this earth? By embracing only what is found in Jesus. The joy of being chosen before the foundation of the world. Can't fully understand that, can't fully explain it, but the Bible says it. The joy of knowing that you're accepted by God, by your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The promise of being made holy and blameless. The eternal adoption by to himself as sons and daughters of Christ. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Lavishing upon us the riches of his grace the gift of knowing the mystery of God's will, His purpose to unite all things in Christ, an inheritance in heaven, the blessings of the Holy Spirit in our hearts to seal and guarantee us until the day we see Christ personally in heaven. If I had time to elaborate on these things, I'll do a little bit more tomorrow, understanding that your acceptance is in Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can do these things on your behalf. Romans 15, 6 and 7 says that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God. Even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, wherefore receive ye one another as Christ also received us. How so? To the glory of God. Do you realize that in your salvation and now in your uh, living out, your sanctification process of living out what you believe. You are attempting to bring glory to God. You're exalting Him. You're lifting up Him by an example of how you live your life, knowing that you're tied into Christ. And only Jesus will help you in this process of glorifying Him. So you have true acceptance that is found only in Jesus. And then you have a secured position Galatians 4, 6, and 7, And because ye are sons, God hath set forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then heir of God through Christ. Only Jesus can offer you true freedom and true security in your position of being in Christ. So what's the takeaway If you know you are truly in Christ, then you have access to all the spiritual blessings found only in Jesus. Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can secure your soul. Only Jesus can bring peace that you long for. Only Jesus can heal the wounds that have been inflicted on your hearts. Only Jesus can secure you for eternity. If anything you take away from this morning and the counsel of the Word of God, rehearse your salvation and realize that it's only Jesus that can do these amazing spiritual things in your life because He is, in essence, God Himself. Sometimes we miss that in going about our regular routines and the busyness of life. But it is in only Jesus that you will find true peace and the longevity to live this Christian life with whatever comes your way.
0: You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, Empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.